back. Welcome back, Leah. Welcome back, Marley. I'm just dying to know how your new sleep routine's going if you gave in to the bathtub. Oh, I did. I couldn't stand it any longer. Um, I, needed, I needed a bath. Yeah. I really wanted to make it work for my bedtime routine with that boy bathtub. But um, So I got on my hands and knees, scrubbed that tub out with medical-grade disinfectant. It took me a long time, and then I filled it up and put the bubble bath in. Bubble bath can't even save it. (laughs) Nothing saved it. It was awful. The tub is small. It's shallow. It's super square. And my neck was, it was awful. It wasn't, it wasn't relaxing in the least. So I just decided it's not going to happen for me. Yeah. Let it go. Let go of the dream. It's not going to happen. So I, I incorporated instead a little bit of a gratitude practice into my bedtime routine, which is kind of That's a good idea. Yeah, so I'm just saying out loud three things that I'm grateful for before I go to bed instead of having a glorious bath. bath. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fine, too, and it's working, and um, it's not too bad. But um, I did recently injure my back again just by putting on a sock. (laughs) So... um, Marley has a bad back. For anyone that doesn't know, I don't know if we've talked about it before. We've talked about it in some previous episodes, okay, yeah. but because I had a back injury previously. Yes. But, um, it's an ongoing issue. It is an ongoing issue. And uh, so I was back to sleeping 20 minute intervals, 20 minutes in the bed, 20 minutes on the yoga mat. But it's been getting better. I saw an osteopath, and within three days of that, I started to have major pain relief. So I am sleeping a little bit better. How about you? I know you were doing stretch of nights for a while. Oh, yeah. I just did my first two weeks of nights in like over a year. So I was prepared for it. I was nervous. I was going into it like thinking, okay, I've got to do all the sleep things right. I've got to prepare myself. She was like, I'm going (laughs) to, she texted me. She's like, I'm going to do all the sleep hygiene things. Yes. Perfectly. (laughs) And I, I was pretty good. I created basically a cave in my room. I put up like the most perfect blackout blanket. I installed the air conditioner in the window. Had the perfect temperature. It's it is basically a sleep oasis. yeah, it is a sleep cave. Like when you close the door, it is black in there. I got a new sleep mask, which is awesome. New earplugs. I went all out. I got new pajamas. Even <laughs> I got like silky, comfortable pajamas. I am. And how did it work for your daytime? It was sleep? great, actually. I had great daytime sleeps and. Actually, I ended up not even really needing the air conditioner because it wasn't that hot, but it was just nice to have it. If I needed it, I could turn it on. But yeah, I've been having good sleeps. The only thing is, well, everyone knows like now everything's kind of opening up since COVID. And for those that don't know, my mother it lives in long-term care. She actually has Alzheimer's, so she's been living in a nursing home for the past year. So it's been really difficult. Our family hasn't been able to visit her since... I guess it would have been in March, March, sometime in March. Right now they're doing visits, but that's difficult for her because of the stage of her Alzheimer's. So she's actually had a lot of health issues lately. She also injured her back. They found out she has some compression fractures. and That's so painful. And I'm just thinking about the fact that she's always had poor sleep. Now I always think about sleep. (laughs) So she's she's had poor sleep for so long, and now she's got a back injury. So I'm just thinking she's in pain all the time not having sleep and it's just it's really difficult right now with that yeah and actually Leah's mom is our inspiration for our topic this week yeah Leah and I talk a lot about the links with Alzheimer's and sleep and um in relation with her mom quite a bit Mm -hmm. and we thought that this information although it is very personal to Leah that she does feel that sharing these conversations with everyone might help someone in the future so yeah that's what we want to talk about this week 
And so Alzheimer's and sleep is, is pretty significant and the research is fairly new, but it is very, it's, it's profound. It is showing a bi-directional relationship with sleep and Alzheimer's disease. And what bi-directional relationship that means, sleep loss is caused by having Alzheimer's mm-hmm. disease and sleep loss is shown to have some causal links to getting Alzheimer's disease. So it's basically like the chicken and the egg. So what came first? Did you have Alzheimer's disease and you couldn't sleep or could you not sleep because you had Alzheimer's disease? Exactly. So that's that's that bi-directional relationship that the research is showing. So, um, But sleep is such an important factor in Alzheimer's disease research because sleep is a modifiable treatment essentially to slow the progression and we should be looking at healthy sleep as a preventable measure to to prevent getting alzheimer's disease or these neurodegenerative diseases as well healthy sleep is the foundation of preventing most or all illness and diseases so it is definitely something we should take into account as a preventable measure right and that's shocking information (laughs) coming from a sleep therapist but She's, she's right. I mean, the connection between sleep and health really can't be denied. We, it's just a new field of research, that's all. That's so we right. just generally, the public doesn't know about it. Even from someone like me who's relatively new, you know, I've only been really studying sleep in my free time, basically, <laughs> for the past few years. When I and her. <laughs> yeah, Marley's been inspiring this. But it's, it, you just can't deny it. And even like, actually, want to drop my own personal opinion here because I've been thinking about this for a few years since learning or since um since working in long-term care I feel like the rates of Alzheimer's and dementia are going up at an astronomical rate it just seems that way to me and when I talk to nurses that work in long-term care with me ones that have been there for 20 or 30 years they'll tell you the population of people living in long-term care has changed so much like the level, the amount of people that can't feed themselves and can't speak are unable to do anything for the themselves. Severity yeah, like, yeah. it's more severe and there's more cases of it. There used to just be little wings of people with dementia that would be, you know, off by themselves. Now it's completely integrated because there's just too much dementia to contain it to one area. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that our hospitals are crowded with people with, you know, dementia that aren't able to go home and aren't able to get into long term care because there's just too much need right no room for them in the nursing homes right now yeah so i mean it seems a little bit coincidental to me that these cases of dementia are going up when sleep yeah like societally we're getting less sleep now just as a general population and really like sleep deprivation and disruption is a massive public health issue that's basically unrecognized by the healthcare system and the general public like absolutely nobody's recognizing it one third of our life right right and how many of us know someone now who thinks that they have insomnia or considers themselves an insomniac or somebody that takes a pill and the consequence isn't just that you can't sleep it's long-term health effects yeah exactly so it was funny we had this conversation we were kind of just chatting about it the other day and I was telling Marley about that opinion about long-term care and just the increasing numbers of dementia. So we were like, let's look up some statistics. So what we found was that there's half a million people in Canada diagnosed with dementia right now with an increasing number of 25,000 cases per year being diagnosed. And at this point, they're looking at the numbers going up about 66% by 2031 to have like about a million people diagnosed. And that's just people with an official diagnosis. That's a 
That's a huge increase. 66%. 66%. So um, obviously my guess or my personal opinion wasn't wrong. Yeah, your observation is correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, the scary thing is that most people at risk of developing dementia or even in the early stages of dementia have no idea that sleep is even a factor. Yeah. Remember that sleep study um, or that study we looked at with sleep and Alzheimer's that showed about a 10-year difference in cognitive decline? Yes, that had yes. Their sleep disorders treated? So if they did treat their sleep apnea, they're they were prolonging the process that's by like, right. yeah, yeah, that's right. They're buying themselves time of, of being healthy, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, that's just specific to treating sleep apnea with um, Alzheimer's disease. But I know from treating sleep apnea patients for many years now that right. most of them have no idea that their sleep apnea is linked to cognitive decline or memory loss or anything like that, or it puts them at risk of other diseases. But I do know that a lot of them come in before they're treated and they think they're losing their minds because they can't remember anything. And they started to notice that their their short term memory is gone and that they're you know not able to think the way they were thinking and remember the things they were remembering before. Yeah, exactly. And OK, well, before we get too deep into that, I want Marley to give everyone kind of the layman's explanation just to make it accessible to everybody to explain how obstructive sleep apnea relates to the progression and even the development of Alzheimer's and dementias. So first, sleep apnea, if, you, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically um, a collapse in your upper airway when you fall asleep. So we have these really crowded airways. If you still have your tonsils and adenoids, they're back there at the back of your throat. We have a soft palate. We have big tongues. We have uvulas. Or the hangy ball that hangs in the back of your throat. <laughs> the hangy ball. And when we fall asleep, those muscles in our airway can relax a little bit, and all those structures can crowd and block our airway. And essentially, you stop breathing. Your brain wakes you up. You catch your breath. You fall back asleep. You have no idea that you've woken up several times to catch your breath. And basically, that happens over and over again all night until your alarm clock goes off in the morning and you wake up feeling exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Sounds terrible. It is. It's awful. And... Um, you know, when people get treated for that sleep disorder with CPAP therapy, it is life-changing, in particular to those who are noticing the memory loss. Yeah. Marley's not being dramatic. It does change lives. And I have the personal connection of being able to see that happen with my mother. And her Alzheimer's is a motivator for me to have this conversation. It's difficult to talk about it, but I really believe it could have made a huge difference in her life. I mean, like Marley said, it could have potentially slowed the progression of her disease by 10 years just based on the minimal amount of research that's out there right now. But anyways, keep going, Marley. Okay. Just in relation to how sleep apnea and um, Alzheimer's are linked, I think most people have heard about our lymphatic system. So Mm -hmm. that's the system in our body that cleans out any toxins and byproducts and pathogens and things like that. I think most people have heard of like lymph nodes before, right, Leah? Yeah, well, lymph nodes, you know, you think about people getting cancer treatment if they're diagnosed. We have to see if the cancer cells have traveled to the lymph nodes. So it's filtering all that junk out. It's just like a gland that like, takes the junk. When they're sick, their glands swell and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, that's ba- the basics of the lymphatic Yeah, we don't system. need to get any further into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so our brains actually have its own self-cleaning system called the glymphatic system. And basically what happens is while we're awake, our brains go through all these chemical reactions because we're having thoughts and things like that. Right. And those chemical reactions have byproducts, byproducts such as plaques, which are proteins, such as beta amyloid. 
Um, if you're not familiar with beta amyloid, it's one of the common um, plaques associated with Alzheimer's disease. Yes. So we have a buildup of that stuff all day as we're, our brain is having chemical reactions. And actually in our sleep, particularly our deep sleep, our slow wave, good restorative sleep, mm-hmm. um, that's when our brain cells actually shrink a little and it opens up the spaces uh, um, between our brain cells to allow the cerebral spinal fluid, which is just fluid that surrounds our spinal cord and brain. Right. Um, to come in and flush out those toxins like or those plaques, those proteins like beta amyloid. So it's a self-cleaning system for your brain, and that's our glymphatic system. So when we're not getting enough good restorative sleep, your brain isn't cleaning out those plaques. Right, and, and if you have comes from. so if you have sleep apnea when you're waking up every few minutes because you stop breathing, you're never going to get into that sleep. Absolutely. So unfortunately, I wasn't aware of this link for a really long time. Marley started working in sleep seven years ago or something like that so obviously she was excited about it and doing her own research she loved sleep I wanted everyone to go on CPAP (laughs) yeah she wanted she was being a nerd doing her own personal research as per usual um and as she was learning about it at the same time I was learning about it in school and we were talking about it and there was a lot of early indications that my mother had obstructive sleep apnea She was snoring very loudly. It was obvious that it was sleep apnea because you could hear her stop breathing in her sleep. And I chatted with my older sisters because I had kind of been under the impression that her sleep apnea had started when she went through menopause in her 50s. Which is not uncommon because when women go through menopause, they tend to have worsening sleep apnea or that's when they develop sleep apnea because in menopause, we lose those airway protective hormones like estrogen and progesterone. So, you know, it makes sense that you would have noticed... It more after menopause. But yeah. It definitely could have been pre- present before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if it, your sisters noticed. And it. it was. They said that they had heard her snoring for many years before that. I just didn't really remember it. So for her, that was decades of sleep disruption and deprivation. And obviously, she wasn't able to clear those plaques and go through those processes for many, many years. And at the time that you started your sleep career, I was learning about Alzheimer's in nursing school. And I actually was telling my mom about it. And she informed me that her grandmother had passed away from Alzheimer's disease at the age of 62, which was early onset, obviously. And my mom's actually only 69 now. And she's been in long-term care for a year. So hers was very much early onset as well. And we do know there is a genetic link with um, obstructive sleep apnea as well. Right. So once Marley and I knew that, we kind of tag teamed it. And we got, we got our mom a sleep study. <laughs> yeah. So we got a sleep study done and she did come back as having moderate sleep apnea. Yeah, moderate obstructive sleep apnea. Right. So we got her a CPAP. We got her on a trial, but she just wasn't able to do it. She wasn't able to maintain it. It was too much for her. And honestly, we just didn't push it. At that time, it was so many years ago, I think maybe 2015, maybe. At that time, we were in denial. The family was kind of in denial, and mom was very much in denial. We weren't talking openly about it. So I didn't push the uh, CPAP as much as I should have, just because I didn't know what I know now. And if I could change that, I would have pushed it a lot harder and, and maybe would have seen a difference. Yeah, I wish I would have known more about sleep and Alzheimer's back then, too. Like, I knew there was a link, but I didn't know how profound it was. And I, and had I known, you know, then what I know now, I would have pushed the issue harder with your mom, too. But it was still a pretty delicate, delicate subject um, with her. And and we just didn't know it would make such a big difference. Not at all. And honestly, we didn't even know about the, I don't, 
I didn't know about the glymphatic system back then. I'm not even sure researchers had discovered it yet. No, we <laughs> only really knew. We only found that in the last couple years, maybe. That's right. Yeah, I, I would have definitely pushed harder back then too, had I known now. But um, after doing CPAP treatment for many years, I've seen it work in action. I know that it works um, for for cognitive decline and, and memory loss. And now there's lots of research to support that. Yeah. But there really wasn't even just five years ago. Yeah, it's changing all the time. That's right. And currently there are no proven effective treatments to slow the progression of Alzheimer's disease and that's why, and no cure and no and absolutely no cure mm-hmm. um, and that's why it's so important for patients with uh, who are at risk or have been diagnosed to get a sleep study because sleep is a modifiable yeah. treatment if you can treat your sleep apnea to slow the progression it's not a medication it doesn't have to be metabolized through your body or anything like that it just allows your brain to go through that normal glymphatic system cleaning yeah. so it is so important that um, if you do have a diagnosis that you get a sleep study done as well. Or if, or if you're, you're worried, risk. if you're or worried if you're about concerned. a family member. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and like Marley said, there's no proven treatment. I work in long-term care, so I see the treatments that are out there. There's two pills that I know of. There's a pill called rivastigmine, I believe it's pronounced. That can be a pill or a patch and Donna Pezzle, which is a pill, and tons of seniors are on these pills right now, and it only shows a chance to possibly slow the progression in the early stages. You need to jump through hoops to try and get it approved for the government to pay for it, and it's something that is not even proven to actually work Still for anyone. Still probably considered experimental in some ways. Yeah, and my mom was actually on one of these pills for a few years with, I would say, in my opinion, no improvement. Right. And she was in a, even in a study for an experimental drug that I also believe didn't make any difference. And that study was actually canceled because it was showing no results. So these pills just aren't doing anything, but those are, we're so quick to push a pill. I don't know why our healthcare system is so focused on pushing pills when we... pharmaceutical industry, there's, (laughs) you know, sleep is a natural process. Yeah. And, and sleep is basically proven... At this point, what we know from research, all the research is saying that it is an effective preventative treatment that you can do for memory loss and um, dementias, but nobody's focused on that because we're focusing on pills and developing drugs. It's not backed by a pharmaceutical industry. (laughs) Yes, but as a population, we need to focus on preventative healthcare and not symptom management. We're basically working in a broken system right now, so... It's a reactive system. We wait. We just treat symptoms rather yeah. than treating the cause. Wait for something to develop, and then we tr- try and treat the symptoms. It's really difficult now. I work in healthcare, so I see that, and I've watched my mom disappear. She was my best friend. She was my confidant, the person I called. I miss her all the time, and it's. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> it's really difficult for me to see her like this, and it's difficult for me too be around her like this and I can't change that and I can't change the past and what I did and what I didn't do um and we can't reverse go back five years to change the way that we pushed this right so we can do now is encourage everybody else to take it seriously right I know I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if my mom had treated her sleep apnea years ago that her life would be drastically different now so for me to talk about this, the whole reason be 
behind it is just to encourage other people if they feel like they might have sleep apnea or someone they love might have sleep apnea, go in and just look into it. Have a sleep study done. It literally involves taking home a device, sleeping with it for one night, and you can get a diagnosis and you can know whether or not it's something that you need to address. And it's worth it. It really is. And, you know, the advances that have been made in CPAP in the last five years even is pretty pretty crazy like there are there are tons of mask options the machines are more comfortable they're quiet they're easier easier to tolerate than even just five years ago there's really no reason not to to get treated if you do have a diagnosis of sleep apnea as well yeah it's not like a star wars it's not anything terrible like it used to be people have a very negative view of what cpap is but when you think about how much it can change your life it's it is. Yeah. It's, it's important. And our tip this week is, you know, encourage your friends and family to get a sleep study done if there's a risk involved at all or get one done yourself. It, it can make the difference. Yeah. Anyways. We hope you sleep well. Love you, Leah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys.